it's Ronnie Davis, and you're listening to Eating More, the place to be if you want to learn how to stop eating in ways that make you feel like crap, if you want to end the weight and food war, and start reimagining healthy eating and living. We'll show you how to change your mind, your food world, and your life with less doing and more being. You know, you really shouldn't eat after 7 p.m or 6 p.m. or 8 p.m. or whatever time some random stranger says so, right? We've heard this kind of thing for years and years. (laughs) Women everywhere have been scared to eat in the evening and have been trying their best to, quote, resist the temptation to do so, right? Mostly unsuccessfully, I have to point out. So this horrible advice seems to have started as a means of weight management, you know, we were told that it was the key to not gaining or or to not gaining weight or, or it was the key to losing weight. Yet, despite our best efforts to not eat after whatever arbitrary time, we kept gaining weight or at least not losing weight. Then it got switched to supposedly being the healthy thing to do, you know, because intermittent fasting. And many people say intermittent fasting is really healthy. The science says intermittent fasting is really healthy, right? Yeah, okay, if you say so. (laughs) Because despite the fact that this has been one of the more popular diet fads in recent years, we don't see huge portions of the population getting much healthier or any more able to make healthy eating habits stick for any length of time as a result of it, right? One of the more common justifications for intermittent fasting that annoys me to no end is something along the lines of this idea that it's a good thing to do because our digestive systems need a break or some ridiculous thing. It's framed as a loving way to help support our bodies in doing their work. But I call bullshit on that framing for four main reasons. First, in no way, shape, or form is it loving or kind to withhold food from, your, from yourself or your body if your body's telling you it's hungry. And in order to follow the rules of intermittent, of intermittent fasting, inevitably that's going to happen at some point. Second, notice that nobody ever says that about our lungs or our hearts. <laughs> Can you imagine? You should stop your heart for 14 hours a day to give it a break. It's insane. Third, our bodies already have a handy-dandy little process for getting their systems the rest that they do need. It's called sleep, (laughs) right? If we're not getting enough sleep, if we're not sleeping enough to give them the rest that they actually need, that's not a don't allow yourself to eat because it's not the right time of day problem. That's a sleep problem, right? And then fourth, if our digestive systems actually do need a break, they'll tell us that by not sending us hunger signals. And if we actually want to support our body, we'll listen to them, not scientists in a lab who have never even met us and can't even agree anyway. But for the sake of argument, let's pretend that it's true. Let's pretend that our digestive systems genuinely function better and that it's healthier to give our bodies many hours of a quote break from digesting food right 12 14 16 
who can tell the right amount that you're supposed to go hungry for? Because nobody can even agree anyway, right? Anyway, here's the thing about that. Even if it is true, our bodies know when they need food and when they don't. And they have the ability to communicate that with us. If they want to go 12, 14, or 16 hours without eating, we simply won't be hungry. In fact, I often go many hours without eating now, not because intermittent fasting or because somebody else told me I shouldn't eat at certain times or because weight loss or anything else. It happens because I'm genuinely connected to what my body wants and needs and I care about it enough, (laughs) which is key, to not feed it when it doesn't want to eat. At least not anymore. I I, I don't anymore. I used to all the time because I fed emotions and I couldn't understand the difference between physical hunger and emotional hunger. So I literally felt hungry all the time, but it wasn't my body physically hungry. It was an emotional hunger and that's different. It's two different things. Some days now, I eat at two or three in the afternoon and then I'm just not hungry again until the next morning. Some days I eat at 7.30 or 8 and then I'm not hungry again until noon the next day. Although sometimes I find myself hungry before bed and then I'm hungry again first thing in the morning and at regular intervals through the day. Some days I only want a couple larger meals. Other days I'm drawn to smaller amounts of food more frequently. The point is, as it is for everybody... My body's needs change day to day based on a ton of different factors. And my body is more than willing and capable of communicating with me and telling me exactly what those needs are every day. And so is yours. Suggesting that we should ignore our own body's communication in lieu of following other people's rules is one of the unhealthiest messages we could ever promote. It's important to point out here that there are many reasons why people tend to eat and physical hunger may rarely be one of them, right? What I, like I was just saying. And this is where the whole listen to your body message may feel like it can fall apart, but that's not the case. If you're not listening to your body and you often find yourself eating or overeating when you're not hungry or when it's not your body giving you the cue that you're hungry, Right, because again, sometimes we can we can mistake emotional cues for physical hunger. And but that's a whole nother conversation. And something, by the way, that I would be happy to help you with. This is what I help people with in my academy. If you actually want, you know, to some some help um, learning to start supporting your body in these ways and listening to your body and being able to tell the difference between physical hunger. And and that emotional need that you're mistaking as hunger, but trying to force yourself to not eat, no matter what's driving that feeling of hunger, trying to force yourself to not eat during certain times just because somebody else says so, is a terrible way to try to solve the problem of of feeding emotions or mistaking physical hunger and emotional hunger, because it causes so many other issues right? Anytime we're trying to control or restrict our food intake, we're setting ourselves up for overeating, binge eating, feeling obsessed with food, all of those things 
that we're trying so hard to to shift, right? And because, you know, again, even if it's true that it's healthier to not eat for many hours per day, intermittent fasting, that is purposefully withholding food for certain times or not allowing yourself to eat for certain time frames, just because somebody else says so, is not health promoting. Beyond the ways that it can be physically unhealthy, like cause an increase in the stress hormone cortisol, cause sleep disruptions, and even potentially dehydration and muscle loss, like every other diet, it is mentally and emotionally unhealthy. Which brings me to perhaps the biggest problem at, of all with uh, intermittent fasting, and, and any diet really that, that tells us what to eat or when to eat the damage that it can do to our mental and emotional health, not to mention the relationships that we have with ourselves, our bodies, and food, because it is a recipe for creating distrust in ourselves and our bodies, not to mention overeating or binge eating behaviors. It often causes cravings and all-consuming obsessive thoughts about food, especially the ones that you're trying extra hard to avoid, and may make you feel like crap, like foods that are high in carbs or sugar. And those don't go away when you stop trying to fast. Those food obsessions, those all-consuming thoughts and cravings, they don't go away when you stop. It's like a gateway drug to disordered eating and eating disorders. Any eating practice that dictates forced restriction of food or food groups is extremely problematic and unhealthy. And intermittent fasting goes one step farther by encouraging most food only be consumed in sometimes really small amounts of time. And so this teeters really uncomfortably close to the restrict, the binge and restrict cycles that are present in eating disorders like bulimia, which is why I say it's a gate, it's like a gateway drug to eating disorders and binge eating. Now, scientists and proponents of intermittent fasting claim that the benefits of it outweigh the risks. But mental health experts, those who see the real-life consequences every day, including the incidence of disordered eating and eating disorders, completely disagree, as do I, because I've also seen the real-life consequences of diets like intermittent fasting. It leads to disordered eating, body image and body dysmorphic disorders, intense anxiety and obsessions around food, and potentially even eating disorders. There's no real research that proves there are any sustainable long-term health results, and even in the short term, the unnecessary damage that's done to mental and even potentially physical health make this a practice that we have got to stop promoting, especially under the guise of health. Now, I know that there are tons of people who claim intermittent fasting has changed their life, but How many of these people have been doing it consistently for more than a year with no falling off track or falling off the wagon or whatever they want to call it? Very, very, very few. And how many of these people that have been, you know, doing it for any length of time or claim it's changed their lives are really closet bulimics, hiding their eating disorder behind this supposedly healthy lifestyle. A lot of them. 
I lived in that world for years. I know what happens behind the scenes. And I know how many unhealthy behaviors can be and are hidden behind these supposedly healthy diets. Even if it's true that maybe there are some health benefits, they're going to be negated by the increase in stress alone, never mind the overeating or binge eating that typically follows. Denying your body food when it is sending you cues that it's hungry is punishing, cruel, and not health-promoting. And whenever I talk about things like disordered eating, binge eating, food shame, I feel like, you know, those few people who've never lived with or struggled with those things are quick to dismiss them as not being worth considering because they feel like they don't apply to them. Or surely those are rare things, you know, so they don't warrant consideration, right? Say for a small percentage of weak-minded people who have other issues or just don't have enough discipline. And we don't have to worry about those people because... You know, those people just need to try harder, right? Like, I feel like that's a lot of the message that we get. But that couldn't be the far, that couldn't be farther from the truth. The women that I work with, the people that I know who struggle with all of these things, these are every woman. They are strong, normal, brilliant, accomplished, capable, disciplined, hard workers. They are business owners, healthcare workers, health coaches. They're in the military, in creative fields. They are mothers, grandmothers, executives. They are teachers. They are not the outliers. They are the norm. For almost 12 years, I've seen the devastating effects that food rules, like this intermittent fasting like and, and other diets, have on the lives of these women firsthand. How can people ever expect to trust themselves in any area of their lives if they are constantly told by leaders and and everybody around them that they cannot even be trusted to make this most basic of human decisions for themselves? They cannot. And if you're going through life unable to trust yourself to make this most basic of human decision for yourself, that distrust is going to permeate and impact every other area of your life. So the bottom line is, especially around this intermittent fasting thing that we always hear so much about, humans have certain needs to stay alive and healthy. We're born into bodies that are more invested and working harder to promote our own individual health and well-being than anybody else on the planet. And those bodies not only know what their needs are, but they know how to communicate those needs to us. So we need to relearn to listen to the wisdom of our own bodies. We need to be able to tell the difference between when they're physical hunger, physically hungry versus when there's some other emotional need going on that we need to try to meet in some other way that might be healthier than feeding it. We need to listen to what our bodies tell us they need not create hard and fast rules around eating or exercise habits for that matter. Especially when those rules are based on what other people tell us we should or shouldn't be doing for our own bodies. You've been listening to Being More with Ronnie Davis. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about embodied cognitive eating training and access free resources, 
visit www.ecet.online.